Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. On his public schools field has and won back his job, has now resigned after one game. Joe Kennedy back on the field Friday after the U.S. Supreme Court ruled he could hold post-game prayers at the public Washington High School. But just days later, he resigned, saying he wants to continue to advocate for constitutional freedom outside of the school system. That is all for News Nation. Now, I thank you so much for watching. The Hill starts right now. Well, there is a pretty big development out of Washington, and it relates to the first family. The special counsel, David Weiss, revealing today that prosecutors intend to seek an indictment by September 29th, what it means for the first son, the president of the United States, and for Democrats who hope to hold the White House. The very latest on the investigation into Hunter Biden coming up. Plus, he faced his colleagues and then he stepped before the cameras. Senator Mitch McConnell today pressed for the first time about his latest freeze up and he punted right to his doctor. I think Dr. Monahan covered the subject. The top Republican in the Senate also answered this question. Will you give up your post? And did you fly this summer? Once, twice, maybe a few times. Probably wasn't that pleasant, right? Well, now Congress has a message for the transportation secretary, and one airline is now turning to Tom Brady. The Hill on News Nation starts right now. Well, guess who's back in the news, huh? One Hunter Biden. Uh, Thanks for being with us here on The Hill on News Nation. I'm Blake Berman, joined today by Chris Steyerwall, News Nation political editor and senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute. Mick Mulvaney, of course, the former chief of staff for Donald Trump, News Nation political and economic contributor as well. Johanna Mosca, former Obama official and News Nation contributor. And David Drucker, senior writer at the Dispatch. All right, so about in the last, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes or so, we find, Chris, that David Weiss is essentially going to be indicting Hunter Biden uh, on a gun charge, most likely by the end of this month. And we don't know well, exactly what, and we don't know how much and what the exposure is uh, to be crass and go straight to the political consequences, because that's what you have me here for, yep. uh, is <laughs> this could be good news for Democrats if what it does is get this yeah. boil lanced and finally finished off. The inability of the administration to deal with Hunter Biden 
with alacrity and get this done and moved on in a satisfactory way has been an enormous failure. This needs to be over. On the other hand, if Weiss does not have the good and goods and is not bringing the lumber and there's not significant exposure here, it will deepen concerns and undercut Joe Biden's strongest argument for reelection. But either way, these charges don't ever seem to c- touch on Joe Biden. This, right. In my mind, the thing with the uh, pseudonymous emails is still a lot more important than this because there's no connection. I don't think anybody's making a connection between the gun charges and the president. So either way, they got him, they don't got him. It doesn't really have that political impact on the president. Can I just say, I, I love Chris Steyerwalt. I do not think this boil is going to get lanced. I am so, I think I'm coming out here in October. I'm coming out here in November. I'm coming out here in December. And we are going to keep talking about Hunter Biden because the Republicans want to bring it up. He's toxic. I mean, he was going to strip clubs down the street from the White House. He had so many problems. I know all of those problems exist, but they are going to keep this in the news to make it seem like Donald Trump isn't so but bad. They're for not trying keeping to it in the news. They're not keeping it in the news. Ah. We are. They don't need any, the uh, they don't, they don't the impeachment. No, no. But I'm saying that Weiss, the the botches here by Today, Biden's yes, defense this. team. Uh, Weiss and what's gone on there, the appointment of the special counsel, all of the ways in which this has been handled, the invitation of Hunter Biden to state dinners. Yes, that should not happen. The the error after error after error in the handling of this speaks to a serious problem inside the White House. Just to pick up on that before we get to David, when you buy a house, you don't celebrate until or sell a house until the money is wired into your account. The, the Hunter Biden's legal team was celebrating this yes. a month or so ago, and then it just blew up. And I, I, I've heard you say, talking about the plea deal. The plea deal, yes. Yeah, like, like account. they had this plea. Well, yeah, well, no, well, that, that's not the analogy, but you know what I'm saying? David, they were celebrating this. Hunter Biden's legal team was celebrating this plea deal. There was a statement from the White House, from the, from the president and the first lady, and now we're not talking about that. We're talking about a potential indictment here in weeks. Look, what I, I've always been very interesting about this is, Joe Biden was elected in part because Americans were tired of messy and they were tired of controversy and they were tired of the 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 stench of corruption, even if somebody wasn't really corrupt or doing anything wrong. And and here you have nice guy Joe and he's going to run a clean shop. And as far as we know, the shop's been clean unless somebody can prove otherwise. But when you have a prominent close member of your family constantly getting into trouble, what it does to Americans who really wanted to turn the page is say, I guess we just haven't turned the page. I guess we're just stuck with leaders that are sticking this in our faces and won't let it go. And that's the kind of thing when you have a presidential election decided in six states by, you know, anywhere from 50 to 100,000 votes, Less than 1%. 2016 to 2020, possibly to 2024, Minor shifts in numbers can hurt you. And if some Republicans who voted for Biden and were very important in his coalition in 20 say, I mean, I was done with Trump, and but now I'm kind of getting the same thing, it can be very dangerous. And, and I'm surprised that Hunter Biden has treated this as though he's just out there on his own on an island and it doesn't impact anybody. That's exactly and it right. impacts his father and it impacts the country. Yeah. And it doesn't appear as though... Hunter Biden or the first family cares because nobody's reining this guy in. Maybe they wouldn't succeed, but we don't know that they're even trying, and I just find that very odd. I, I think they should care, and they should keep him off Air Force One, if I can give some free advice. The balcony of the 4th of July celebrations, too. He was there front and center with the president. Uh, speaking of front and center, 
Over to the Senate now. That's where uh, leaders took to the microphone for the first time since their summer recess. And there was really just one question, one theme, one topic for the minority leader, Mitch McConnell, his health. I have no announcements to make on that subject. Oh, you say to those who I'm going to finish my term as leader and I'm going to finish my senator. You know, they were standing by him today. Of course, there was this freeze up uh, second time that we've seen it from from Mitch McConnell. He basically put out this letter from the attending physician saying everything's good. Is everything good from here? So the people I talk to uh, who uh, work in in the Senate uh, at whatever levels, (laughs) the there's confidence that uh, McConnell is competent to continue to execute his job, right? It's not like, he, it's not Dianne Feinstein or something where right. people say, oh, she can't do okay. it. And the, and the staff's not, you know, the staff's not really running. So they have confidence. What Republicans are worried about correctly are, to use a terrible D.C. word, the optics. Hmm. The way that this looks to have Joe, the, the chief point of prosecution for Republicans against Joe Biden is what? He's too old to be president. He's just too old to be president. When Mitch McConnell has these episodes in public, it undercuts confidence. It, it yeah. puts- you saw Josh Hawley raise that exact point today, which is if we're going to be critical of Biden, we have to be critical of McConnell. And that's that's not and, wrong. And, and to that point, for the normies in the Republican Senate conference, right, those folks who are standing behind McConnell in that picture, when do you want to have the leadership fight? At what point do you want? John Thune is the is the heir apparent to this. But can he deal with J.D. Vance and can he deal with Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz and Rand Paul and yeah, all those folks? And I, Cornyn. Wasn't Cornyn uh, also kind of? I think the more no, Cor- 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 <laughs> Listen, Cor- Cornyn is in, in McConnell's camp and, and he doesn't have to worry about John Barrasso and he doesn't have to worry about John Thune. What, what Republicans ultimately are worried about is they want McConnell to be able to do what McConnell does when he's at his best. They need him to navigate a Democratic White House and a Democratic-run Senate and a, a majority uh, Republican House that can't shoot straight unless they're shooting at each other. And, and in order to get them where they need to be, which is a functioning government without angering their primary voters. And if Mitch McConnell, they worry, is having these kind of health episodes, they think to themselves, can he still negotiate for us and pull strings for us the way he has done for so long, which is the reason he's been their leader for 16, 17 years and not always winning elections, although winning quite a bit. And, and in the middle of a fight over uh, supplemental funding for Ukraine and government funding and all of these legislative uh, battles coming down the pike this month and next and the next after that, that is what they're concerned about. If he can show them that he can do that, they'll be very happy to leave him there, where he is and let him there do There are that. still some skeptics, though. Rand Paul, for example, a, a doctor by trade. Ophthalmologist. Uh, ophthalmologist. Uh, <laughs> still still human body. He says, he said, quote, uh, headline from the Hill, it doesn't look like dehydration to me. Look, part of the argument here from Mitch McConnell today that we heard from him is that he wants to be transparent. He wants to come forward. Obviously, there's lots of questions about his age, his health, the, the greater question about age and health. But let me ask let me ask you something. We saw this letter from Mitch McConnell, from the attending physician on Mitch McConnell. I missed the letter of Diane, from Diane Feinstein. Did anybody get that letter? Well, now, the Diane... And Fe- does Diane Feinstein, do, do we need... If, if we heard from the attending physician on Mitch McConnell... 
Do we need to hear from the attending physician on Diane Feinstein? Diane Feinstein does has no defenders outside of yeah. her own. And office. she's not in leadership either. Right. She she's just. But a vote. they need her on on the Senate Judiciary Committee. I know she's not in leadership, but her position is. It's tenuous to replace. Well, and her position is going to go to a Democrat. McConnell's situation could be different because you've got a Democrat governor in Kentucky. But the Democrats are actually concerned about whether they could actually get that appointment, even if they appoint a Democrat. But Nancy Pelosi laid out the path that McConnell could follow, which is remain in the Senate. Correct. Give up his leadership leadership position and be around as a credible threat to try to keep order and and be the power behind the throne. And still be eligible for his nearly $150,000 a year (laughs) pension that he will get as soon as he retires. That's only his, because he's been there since 1930. You were just trying to do the math in your head as to what you get. A month, uh, Social Security check. He's got a lot of checks rolling in, this right, guy. Well, from the leader to a freshman now, Senator Tommy Tuberville. The pressure on him continues to head uh, in his direction as he continues to hold on to more than 300 military promotions, essentially blocking them. In a new op-ed, the secretaries of the U.S. Navy, the Air Force, and the U.S. Army say, quote, This blanket hold on all general and flag officer nominees, who as apolitical officials have traditionally been exempt from the hold process, is unfair to these military leaders and their families, and it is putting our national security at risk. This is a pretty stark moment, is it not? You've got military leadership going to the Washington Post trying to take on a sitting United States senator. So what? Look until <laughs> okay. So what? Well, yeah, in, 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 in mixed defense, you know, uh, separation of powers. So so let them duke it out. I will say that nobody in the United States Senate seems to want to do anything about this other than talk. They want to preach it, brother. They want to say that what what Senator Tuberville is doing is horrible. De- Republicans are saying it. Democrats are saying it. And of course, you know, when when Majority Leader Schumer's asked about it, he's like, "Listen, this is a Republican issue. I don't want to get involved in that." Uh. If people want to do something about this, they can force the issue on the floor. It could be messy. It may not be easy to deal with, but everybody's treating this as a sort of parochial Senate matter. And they won't deal with it because they want to be able to do it themselves again. This, listen, I have no sympathy for the Senate on this. Okay, I, I had senators call me when I was in the administration saying, we're not going to vote for thus and such until you give us thus and such. This is the uh, advise and consent has become extort and delay. And one yeah. of the reasons you're seeing the Senate not do anything about it is they all want to reserve the right to do it sometime in the future and they know they've done it in the past. So look, so, uh, the Senate has no one to blame for Tommy Tuberville but themselves. So here's what Donald Trump said today in an interview uh, about, about Tommy Tuberville, alluded to it. He said, quote, he's got the guts to do what he wants to do, what he thinks is good, and he loves the people of this country and the people of Alabama. And he's in there fighting, which is unfortunately not true for a lot of other Republicans. Once you have Donald Trump say that, Tommy Tuberville, he's, he's locked right. in on this thing. He, he's locked in even further now, well, is he not? But yeah, by the way, one of the reasons he can be locked in on this is his voters aren't upset about this. Do yeah. you think he's getting trouble back in Alabama? you think he's under political pressure I in Alabama? The, I think there's some grind in Alabama. Yeah, I don't think it's there's totally some in the establishment. His, their voters are fine with him going to bat against Biden. What I love about the Trump statement is that it just shows how these guys use whatever script they can use at the time. If, if Trump was president and a Democratic senator had a similar you know, axe to grind or substantive opposition to Lodge, he would be screaming about national security and yeah, commander in chief and Article One and all yeah. that. Yeah. So they're all. So how, do, how does it end, right? Because you've got Tuberville, who who started this over abortion policy. It, it's been months now. Here we are. How does it end? I mean, you just used yeah. the word extort. Tuberville wins. 
But is no, I don't know. Tuberville about that. wins because the Senate because they, if the Senate no. forces him to change, then they Biden know goes they to, might to be Biden goes to, to Schumer and says, "I've had enough. Yeah. Now go force the issue and fix it." And, and, and there are Mark enough Milley's Republicans that want to fix it. Yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark Milley is going to come up October first. Everybody so that votes to, that's the that's the debate. Gonna, everybody that votes to, to shut Tommy Tuberville up will be shut up themselves in the future, and they don't want to give up that right. But at some point. The truth of this has to come out. Mick is 100% right. The Senate could start remedying this today. They could start moving those nominations. What's going on here is a procedural argument about this funny business, this, this, uh, this little hidey hole that the Congress uses to exert power without legislating. And at some point, I believe they're going to have to call uh, Tuberville's bluff, the coach, sorry, coach, they're going to have to call his bluff and start moving those nominations. Yeah. And, and when they do, yes, they will lose some of their ability to advise, consent, and extort. Uh, but at the, the bluff will have to be called. All right. Well, coming up tonight on On Balance, the senator from Alabama joins Leland Vitter live to talk about those blocked military promotions. You want to check that out right here on News Nation. On Balance, 7 o'clock Eastern, Leland and Senator Tommy Tuberville. Well, coming up, President Biden's campaign playbook. Do Democrats really need to worry here? <laughs> I think so. And so does, by the way, uh, the, the last person to help a Democrat get reelected. He sort of laid out his playbook. Jo- Johanna was involved, too. She, she's got some thoughts about this, but what he says, and we'll talk to everyone about it. Coming up. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Just click right there. All right, welcome back. So uh, former President Obama's campaign manager in 2020, uh, 2012 rather, is saying that Donald Trump remains a worry, but he's also laid out his playbook as to how President Biden can win again. Jim Messina says that President Biden has many paths to victory next year. He identified seven states to watch this election. That includes Michigan, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Arizona, Georgia, and North Carolina. I mean, we sort of knew yeah. that those were like... <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Are you, where's, the, where's the breaking news banner? Um, did someone pay for that? There, Chris, there's this 22-page um, slide deck in, yeah, in which he goes oh, through it. People he, he love a slide deck. He basically laid out like four different scenarios. Um, What'd you make of it? Uh, not too much. I mean, there's another state. Uh, you, you could, there's 12, you could say there's 12 states or 13 states that are potentially in play. Then you come down to that core group, the five, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, uh, Georgia, and Arizona. You could do it, whatever. That's all a bunch of flummery at this point. Who cares, right? Uh, yeah, the Joe Biden's the incumbent president. Donald Trump is very unpopular, even more unpopular than Biden, who's unpopular. So yeah, the most likely outcome. But that's a straight line projection. What I care about are, what are the things that are going to shape the electorate between now and then? And that's why we have the five known unknowns. Um, so you wrote an article recently, five known unknowns for 2024. We've got the outline for next year's election, but we'll have to wait for the details. And you say the five are the economy, foreign affairs, scandal, health, 
and other parties. Right. So Jim Messina or whomever that wants to make a straight line projection from today until this is ju- we're just after Labor Day. Labor Day is the traditional beginning of the of the general election season yeah. for the final tranche of persuadable voters that five to 15 percent of the electorate that gets to decide the election in these swing states. They don't know what they think yet and they don't know what they feel. How's the economy? Do they feel better by the summer of next year about the economy? Uh, it, how's Ukraine going? How's the situation with China? Uh, Hunter Biden, uh, Donald Trump, many trials. How does that go? How's Joe Biden's health? Uh, and does the No Labels Party get any momentum? And are they really going to be on the ballot in 50 states? We don't know how any of that stuff is going to go. And conjecture about what it's going to be at this point is just a bunch of beltway black. If you know how the economy is going to go in the summer of next year, please let I'm me not, know. I would, if I knew how the economy was going to go. be in the summer of next year, I wouldn't be here. I promise you that. Do you really think that foreign affairs is, has that big a role? I mean, everybody says it does during the campaign. In that primary, it might, especially the Republican primary. But I just don't know anybody back in my district who ever voted one way or the other based on foreign affairs. All of these things, other than the economy, foreign affairs, scandal, secondary health, after that. can break through, right? Okay. Every election, so we can think about 2004 is a very clear one, 1968, but basically every election is a referendum on the condition of the economy. Do we want, the, do we want things to keep going this way, or are we willing to take a chance to do something different? If the economy is good, people will keep even an unpopular... Uh, but yes, sometimes, like 2004 is a great example, national security penetrates through the bubble, and even when gas prices are high, even when the economy is sluggish, George W. Bush can get reelected. Any of these, that's my point, any of these other things can break through uh, and change that. And and there's just so much football left to play that talking now about, oh, I think it's North Carolina versus, I mean, yeah, there's a bunch (laughs) of states that, there's a bunch of states that are competitive. Yeah, well, there's a bunch of states that's competitive. That's why my colleague David Drucker, that's why we read David Drucker every week to get (laughs) the incremental changes in the condition. maybe we need to be reading that. Three yards in a cloud of dust. You got it. When I woke up and I saw Politico playbook and it said Jim Messina won the election for Barack Obama. I think a lot of people who worked on the campaign would take exception. I mean, Jen O'Malley Dillon was critical in that election. Jim Messina, he had changed our motto from respect, empower, include in Iowa to respect, empower, include win. He was all about like win. And then he went and worked for Theresa May. So a lot of us have a lot of questions (laughs) on his moral compass. And I'm not sure everybody's taken his advice. How do you do with Theresa? Uh, (laughs) By the way, I I, want to defend Chris a little little bit on on foreign policy and national security. There are times, and, and again, it's because it's an unknown. If Americans feel unsafe... If Americans are concerned about overseas crises, it can factor in quite significantly mm. into their vote. By the way, 2014. China would be. China would the be. The midterm elections in 2014, part of what powered Republicans, and they won nine Senate seats, almost 10 that year. Surprising. Some of us, we thought they'd win the majority, but didn't think they'd quite do quite as well as they did. There was a, a lot of anxiety about ISIS, who hadn't been contained exactly. yet. Great point. And it just drove this general feeling about President Obama at the time that he did not have this under control and he needed to have a check uh, on his decision making. And so don't don't rule out, even though all those things matter, don't rule out foreign policy we talk rearing about, its head. We talk about Ukraine right now. It could be China, potentially. Right. And then everything that could be Taiwan. Could, could be, be yeah, who that's knows, right. a year from now. All right, well, coming up, uh, former President Trump and independent voters. Uh, the former president heading to Iowa this week. 
So what's his plan to win swing states as he juggles campaigning and all those court cases? I'll talk with his senior advisor, Jason Miller, coming up right after the break here as The Hill on News Nation returns. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. All right, welcome back. The former president, Donald Trump, says he would testify potentially in his own defense if uh, that if uh, he ends up going to trial. Now, during an appearance on the Hugh Hewitt radio show today, though Trump didn't specify whether he meant he would testify in just one or all four of the cases he will be facing. Watch. So if you have to go to trial, will you testify in your own defense? Oh, yes, absolutely. You'll oh, take the stand. That I would. That I look forward to because that's just like Russia, Russia, Russia. Meantime, several new national polls show the former president strengthening his lead in the race for the Republican nomination. Joining us now is a senior advisor to Donald Trump, Jason Miller. Jason, thank you for being here on the Hill on News Nation once again. Appreciate the time as always. So you've seen the polling just like the rest of us have. Every single time there's been an indictment against Donald Trump, his poll numbers have shot up up and to the right. If he were to testify in any of these cases, Jason, do you expect his numbers to increase with that as well? Well, great question. I'm not on the legal team, so the last thing I'm going to do is start giving President Trump legal advice. But as we've seen each of these attacks from Joe Biden and Merrick Garland and the rest of the lefty deep staters, uh, with all these indictments, President Trump's numbers have gone up, not just for the primary, but for the general election as well. You referenced a moment ago some of these polls. I mean, even just today, premise data shows President Trump leading Joe Biden by six points. Um, Echelon Insights, which just came out about in the last hour or two, has President Trump leading by one. And in fact, Blake, you look at the 10 polls that have come out since this fourth indictment, seven of the 10 have shown President Trump leading Joe Biden. That's a statement. Is the race over? But the primary? Oh, I, I would never say that. Um, I, I would never say that. Uh, President Trump is leading 60 to 15. That was morning consult in 59-13, which, of course, everyone saw from the Wall Street Journal. But President Trump is definitely in the driver's seat. But as he always tells us, we're not going to take our foot off the gas. But, you know, Blake, when we look at both the primary and the general, I really think, though, the biggest numbers to come out this week were the Wall Street Journal numbers on the economy and voters' attitudes. And the fact that three out of four voters believe that inflation is getting worse. 58% say the economy is going in the wrong direction. 61% live paycheck to paycheck. If you want to know why Joe Biden spent Labor Day in Pennsylvania reaching out to union workers, it's because he knows he's in trouble. And his numbers with African-American and Latino Americans are terrible as well. You know, you, you reference that poll. It shows it 46-46. Uh, uh, Scott Trainer at Decision Desk HQ told us yesterday that if he had a, had a poll out today, it would basically show a, a dead heat. You reference the economy. Um, it, you know, it, if the economy is the way it is and of all the successes of the former president that you talk about, then why is this only a coin flip? Uh, shouldn't the former president be, be well out ahead then in theory? 
Well, great question. As the geniuses that are at the table with you, Chris Starwall and David Drucker, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, uh, what they will tell you is when you look at the national surveys, typically Republicans are undercounted by a couple of points. That's because there are about 12 million or so more Democrats than Republicans nationally. When you start looking at the swing states, that's where President Trump, I believe, is in the driver's seat. Don't just take it from me. The fact that Joe Biden and the Democrats just launched this $25 million ad buy targeting states that are traditionally viewed as being more blue, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, reaching out to constituencies that Democrats usually take for granted. As I said, blacks, Latinos, union workers. It shows that they're worried about where things are. Some real apathy on the Democratic side. And I think as you start breaking it down into these the, the actual swing states, I think President Trump's leading by even more. Look, I t- that number today, that premise data number, actually, it may have been yesterday, six-point lead, that's a pretty big stretch. I like their polling, or at least I do today. Um, You know, I mentioned we heard from the former president today, and he seemed, Jason, uh, to potentially crack the door open to to potentially debating uh, here in the primary. I want to play the sound, and then I'll get your reaction on the other side. But would you go to the Alabama debate if it is in Alabama? I'll, I'll make that decision. I would love to go to anything involved with Alabama. All right. So the reference there, Jason, was potentially a third Republican debate. Is is debating back on the table for Donald Trump in the Republican primary? Well, with having nearly this 50 point lead in all the national surveys uh, on the Republican primary and then in the early voting states, you know, Iowa, uh, Dwayne Register said, it, I believe it was at 20, uh, 23 or 24. Uh, New Hampshire new survey has President Trump up by 37, which is huge. He's up by a lot. I don't think he needs to right now. I think he's in the driver's seat. And there's really until some of these guys actually show that they belong uh, even on the same stage with him, um, then I would say he doesn't need to. But look, I would take President Trump. So is, is he done, though? Not is he done, on... though? Because he seemed to, well, he seemed that, to crack that, the door open there. Like, like, is there a decision to be made at this point or, or not necessarily? Well, and that's what I'm saying, is that President Trump has said that he's not going to be doing the debates, and I would take that at face value until he says something differently. But when it comes to Joe Biden, I tell you, President Trump is chomping at the bit to get Joe Biden on that stage. Uh, Sleepy does not look so good these days. Um, And we we saw where he was wandering out of the military ceremony, not looking good. And Kamala Harris uh, taking the bait on questions about whether or not she'll have to step in to lead. So Biden's are in a world of hurt. President Trump's ready to take it to him. Jason Miller, senior advisor to the former president. Thanks for coming on in. We'll have you on back. Thanks, Jason. Thank you, sir. Yep. All right. So let's bring in now Sean Spicer, former Trump White House press secretary, News Nation political contributor. Sean, hello. Good to see you. Uh, you just heard from Jason there. Your takeaway? I'll start with the debate. Uh, I think the president obviously was making a hat tip to Alabama. He appreciates the support he gets from that state. There's no way he's showing up. Here's why. Uh, I think he he made it very clear he wasn't going to see me valley to the Reagan Library because of his concerns. Rightly so, I think, about uh, Fred Ryan and Fred Ryan, the previous chairman of The Washington Post and Politico, uh, and his adverse sort of uh, actions against President Trump. But I think that one, the RNC has run out of foxes. They've gotten Fox and Fox Business. Maybe they go to Fox Nation. But I think they've run out of foxes. <laughs> and so if they go to CNN or NBC, there's no way he's shown up in Alabama. And I think that's going to be the million-dollar question. They sort of they blew their aces early on in the game, and I don't know where they go from here. Obviously, you know, I support News Nation having a debate. I think yeah, I was going to say, what about News Nation, huh? Come on. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> but but I think that, that that's something that I, I look, the president obviously is going to keep his cards close to the vest, but he is not going to get on a debate stage until he feels threatened. And I think if you're going to see one, it's going to be in, in probably November, December, where if the field is winnowed and he feels threatened going into Iowa. But barring that, you're not going to see him on a primary debate stage. Hey, Sean, it's Mick. By the way, I, I like the dark. That's very slimming for you. But a uh, serious, serious question. Uh, on the debate, as soon as he didn't show up in Wisconsin, the Biden team came out and said, since, de- since Trump is not going to debate in the primaries, we are not going to debate in the general. Are you worried about that? Because Trump will need to debate Biden. And if Biden doesn't debate him, will he be using Trump's no-shows in the primaries as an excuse? You know, I appreciate the comment about the lighting, Mick. The best thing is that, you know, I can lose weight. You can't get smarter. Um, so, uh, but, but I will say that in all seriousness, um, look, I, I think he, Jason mentioned this at the end. He's going to be on that debate stage. He relishes the opportunity to go one-on-one. And I think president to president, he sees that. He doesn't look at a stage where people need a name tag to get on it and think it's worthy of them. I think no, there's I, a I much I'm asking the question is whether or not his no-show in the primary gives Biden the excuse not to show up in the general. Biden sure. doesn't need oh, an yeah. additional I, I excuse. The Republican look, National it, it, Committee yes. has already withdrawn yeah. from yes. the Commission on Presidential yeah. Debate. Exactly. For the first time since 1980, there is a very real possibility that there will be zero presidential debates. And if these Republicans cannot figure out that they need to get Joe Biden on a debate stage, that yeah. that's, that's essential right. for them. Wait, can I, and can they've I, already pulled well, can out. I, can I make yeah. one Wait, point? Hold on. Having been there with him before, here's what I will tell you. The Republican National Committee, and I am a, I'm a, I was there for six years. I believe in the institution. But at the end of the day, nobody controls Donald Trump. To, to quote Dirty Dancing, no one puts baby in the corner. And there's no way that at the end of the day, that Republican National Committee can pull out of the Presidential Debates Commission. But Donald Trump relishes the opportunity and he will find a way. I'm sure um, sure he does. But the the truth is, and you know this is true, that if Biden has the excuse to say, if it's not the Commission on Presidential Debates, if we don't have this old accord, I'm not going to go have a Vince McMahon. Like coming up. The difference, difference, The difference, Chris, is that Biden needs to prove the American people right now. You see the polls. Even his own party questions his ability to lead at his age, right? The average male dies at 77. I I think everybody's looking at this wrong, though. One of the best days President Biden had as a candidate in 2020 was the debate with Trump. When Trump overdid it, lost control of himself, and a lot of Americans said, "Eh, enough already. Now, Biden, in the, only, in the second debate, and there was only one more in the follow-up, had a bad moment when he talked about getting rid of fossil fuels and it cost him some votes. But if you're Biden, you want to debate Trump and you want to goad him into one of his classic uh, Trump performances. I love and, you. I love you. And you're very, and you're four very years good ago, at you <laughs> I, I don't know Yeah, I was going to say, vote. four years ago. Yeah. But, but, oh, no, I think Biden performed when we were on when we were watching the State of the Union. That was one of Biden's best performances. The, the truth is, though, if we don't have a, a facilitator of debates, right. someone to moderate between campaigns, how how do you you know, Trump says, hey, come meet me on the street corner and we're going to bait over here. I mean, the DNC is going to say, ha ha. Good luck with new, that. New, newly christened full-time moderator of the Hill on News Nation. Blake we'll Berman. invite them right here. Give me it's a available. call. I'll do it. Available. You don't even have to fly me out. I'll get on the plane myself. Uh, Sean Spicer, thank you, sir. We'll have you on in soon. Oh, we miss you. you. Next time. We miss you. Spicer, Spicer, Spicer and Nick really, by I the way, Spicer and Nick really do love each other. <laughs> I, I miss most well, of you. Well, all of us. Yeah, he said he missed both of us. There we go. 
Nice tie, Sean. Quick programming note, News Nation hosting a town hall event next week, by the way, Wednesday, September 13th, with the GOP presidential candidate, former Vice President Mike Pence. News Nation's Kelly Meyer caught up with Pence at a campaign event in New Hampshire just a little while ago. Uh, Take a look here. How are you feeling about this town hall here today? Kelly Meyer with News Nation. Excited to be here and excited to be doing a town hall with News Nation next week. We're excited to have you. Excited to announce that today. Again, you can watch News Nation's town hall with the uh, former Vice President Mike Pence next Wednesday, September 13th. Leland Vitter moderates in Chicago. That is 9 o'clock Eastern here on News Nation. Coming up, nightmare travel. Johanna was just saying, your flight out here stunk, (laughs) right? Terrible, right? Uh, Near misses. The airline industry (laughs) is a mess. And lawmakers want answers. Can they solve this? And by the way, did you see one of the airlines today who they signed up as a spokesperson? Chris Tyrewald. It's not Tyrewald. <laughs> they signed up the GOAT. We'll get into it. Oh, come on. He's the GOAT. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For a lot of people the other day. <laughs> there, there are some headlines out there. Oh, uh, United Airlines, by the way, they had their ground stop yesterday. That was, that was one of them. Here's some others. Uh, flight delays, cancellations could continue for a decade amid a worker shortage. Great. That sounds awesome. Uh, New York Times airline close calls happen far more often than previously known. We've been reporting on that here on News Nation. And did you see this today? (laughs) Delta. (laughs) Delta now has a new ambassador. Tom Brady joining as a strategic advisor for Delta. That ain't going to fix anything. When's no, the last time he's been on a commercial? Right? Seriously, when was the last time you think Brady was on a commercial flight? But now, now every time he calls for a, year. Every, every time he calls for a slant route, it has to go through Atlanta. There you no go. Matter what? Oh, exactly. No. Oh my gosh. Tom but Brady. this is you know oh we gosh. we were talking it, the State of the Union. President Biden was talking about junk fees, and you know love the president as I do. If junk fees were our biggest problem. In America, you know, we do actually have problems with the FAA, problems that actually Secretary Buttigieg could take on. And it has been a little disappointing to see some of the rail problems. And I did look up, actually, the rail industry spends $653 million on federal lobbying, more than sometimes the airline industry spends. And I hmm. I thought it was very interesting to see how much the rail industry was spending. There are things the government can do here. People don't recognize that the traffic control centers in New York City area are at 50 50% staffing yeah. right now. In fact, the government has gone to the airlines and said, please fly fewer flights into New York. What is that going to do to fares, by the way? It's going Jack to it increase up. them. Yeah. We're still using mid-19th, mid-20th century technology to fly planes across country. The airlines have been begging the FAA for years for this next-gen technology. It's a government problem. Let, yes, let's, Southwest had a problem with, their, with yeah. their tech. United had a ground stop. The airlines will struggle, but generally speaking, if you are delayed on a clear day, it's the government's fault. Look, I can complain about American, which I fly and I'm usually happy with, but <laughs> leaving that debate in Milwaukee to fly to Chicago to get my connection, it was 100 degrees on the plane because it was an older plane and they couldn't cool it down. We all have complaints. There's an FAA re- 
reauthorization that needs to get done. They don't know if they're going to be able to get it done. And I will say, it's just as a, as a political matter, because that, you know, that, that's what I'm good at. Um, I'm very surprised that Secretary Buttigieg has not been more front and center, even if even in ways that people might say uh, were, were vapid, because it the, the Treasury, the, the Transportation Secretary only matters every once in a generation for some reason or another. And we have had so many challenges in the transportation sector well, the past couple of years. And, and it was an opportunity for him to really turn himself into presidential timber. And I feel like he's missed a moment. Well, they're coming after, they're coming after him. The, the House Oversight Committee, uh, James Comer, sent a letter to Pete Buttigieg just yesterday, I believe, uh, in which they say the failures indicate a recent and disturbing pattern of failures at the department placing uh, at the safety of Americans' risks. Therefore, we request a briefing, documents, and communications related to the department's efforts to investigate and remediate these issues to protect the safety of all Americans. Is the Oversight Committee going to fix this thing? They're going to have conversations about setting up commissions to have possible meetings about, about possible solutions. Hey, let's be clear. We know what the real problem here is, and we all know what the real problem is. Do you is. know? It's adult men wearing flip-flops on airplanes. <laughs> and I just want to say to you men of America, you have to stop. Think- You're adults. You have to wear real shoes. You have to wear long pants, and you have to be prepared to be inside a sealed aluminum tube with other people for an hour. Put your shoes I think it's that United yes. wants to figure out how many of us they can fit inside the very small airplane. And that was my problem. I had to fly on a United flight that was it's just packing shame. us in. And I'm not a big person. All right, oh. well, the manhunt is intensifying for a convicted killer in Pennsylvania. Today, prison officials said he escaped by climbing up a wall and over a razor wire without catching the attention of a tower guard there. Joining us now for a bit of a preview, Elizabeth Vargas. Uh, Elizabeth, you'll be talking about this later this evening. Uh, What's the latest? Are there any sightings of of this guy? There have been a couple sightings of him, and they keep expanding the perimeter of the search area as a result of this. The most recent sighting was just yesterday. But what's new today is this astonishing video that the the prison and the authorities released of this inmate, this convicted killer who's convicted of first-degree murder. You see him here. He's basically crab-walking up the wall outside the prison gym area. He gets to the roof and is able to get through razor wire and escape. Here's the unbelievable thing. Another inmate escaped this exact same way just four months ago. The prison at that point uh, put razor wiring up on top of the the roof of the prison to to stop such escapes. Obviously, it did not work. We also learned today there's an internal investigation into the guard who was stationed in the watchtower. He did not see this happening. Uh, They're looking into why, if he was just derelict in his duty or complicit in some way in the escape. And, of course, there was somebody who was supposed to be watching all those video monitors. That yeah. security camera we just saw from the prison uh, exercise yard, should, yeah. you know, somebody should have been watching that, and obviously nobody was. It's a big story. It, Lots of people on edge tonight about this. It's clear as day when you look at that video. Uh, yeah. Speaking of video, by the way, Elizabeth, tonight I hope you get a few pictures with family and friends. Oh. Here, it's a special one. Happy birthday to Elizabeth. Hey. Have a great one. Happy birthday, Elizabeth. Thanks, you guys. I really appreciate it. it. You got it. You got it. And you can watch Elizabeth tonight. Elizabeth Vargas reports 6 o'clock Eastern, eight minutes from now, right here on News Nation. Coming up, by the way, uh, it's a top Ivy League school. It's Mulvaney's school, right? One of them, yep. Harvard. Elite. 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 But it flunked something. Got a failing grade. What's up with Harvard? That's just one of the stories that caught our eye. 
He's single-handedly blocking hundreds of American military appointments. And tonight, Senator Tommy Tuberville goes on balance to explain why. Is the blockade hurting our military, or is he right to stand on principle? Senator Tuberville goes one-on-one with Leland tonight only on News Nation. <laughs> All right, before we say goodbye, Mulvaney's dancing at a commercial break. That's not fair. You can't do that. That's not right. Here's, here's I don't have those kind of moves. moves. I can't match that. Countdown? I like That's that. a countdown. Our, still, so our, told our studio tech is going five, four, and Mulvaney's going like this. Um, here's some stories that caught our eye. Uh, Wagovi. Wagovi, of course, is the maker or is, is the weight loss drug. The company behind it, Novo Nordisk, is now valued more than Louis Vuitton, LVMH. It is the uh, most valued company in Europe right now at $428 billion. We love our Wagovi more than we like our Louis Vuitton. Mm, the marketing money that goes into medicine. I just mm. still have the mindset that you should like go to the doctor and be prescribed medicine that you need instead of seek out the medicine that but, you find online. But, but that's <laughs> not the American way. Yeah. People Definitely want what not. they want. And the Louis Vuitton <laughs> comparison is actually a very good one because now Ozempic is a status thing. Rich people want huh. the pen. They Didn't want to. They, they're going to lose weight. It's a, it's a status. Chris, thing. I like my appetite. I don't yeah. want anybody <laughs> taking it. I'm doing a good <laughs> job. I'm a good eater. Don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely not on the poster some for her child because of like health needs, and she couldn't get it because all of these rich people. Had By the way, up. speaking of appetite, uh, Massachusetts, Dave Portnoy had a bar stool. Did you see this? He did his pizza review at at a store there. Uh, was out on the street, gave it a 6.4 out of 10, which is like a middle good score. Got into a back and forth shouting match with the store owner. Really? And yeah, and now that store is selling out of pizza nonstop. They had to close the thing to, to gear up for the rest of the week. What I mean, I, I looked at his Instagram, the guy who we went to war with, the pizzeria guy, and yeah. he calls himself a pizza pimp. I don't know why <laughs> well, he went like, to war negative with partisanship. a pizza pimp. <laughs> negative, <laughs> negative partisanship <laughs> is right. the biggest drug there is right now. <laughs> David Drucker's not just a pretty pocket, though. He, is, he gets it. He Whenever understands. I go into a new city, I fire up that app to see pizza. All right, by the way, um, Harvard, name the worst school for free speech alum. Go. Harvard University. Yeah. Uh, fourth worst on the list is Georgetown University, the other okay. school I went to. Okay. And the school that is down the street from my house, University of South Carolina, a state school in a state with Republican House, Republican Senate, Republican governor, where the legislature picks every single member of the board of trustees, the third worst in the nation. So in South Carolina, you can't be a Republican on the campus because they don't allow free speech. Should have gone to University of Kansas. <laughs> there you go. Rock, rock Chalk, Sister Hannah. Thank all you. right. Rock Chalk. <laughs> Thank you all for being here. Fun time. Had a blast as always. Thank you for watching The Hill here on News Nation. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow at 5 o'clock Eastern. Until then, Elizabeth Vargas reports starts right now. Tonight, hunting a killer in two counties. Schools are closed. Businesses are nearly empty as police search frantically for this man, a five foot, 120 pound Brazilian killer who escaped prison near Philadelphia one week ago. Tonight, police released stunning video of the killer crawling up prison walls to escape. With the FBI and Border Patrol joining the search, how is this criminal?